Hey guys, welcome back to the next episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your hosts. I'm Bethany. I'm Crystal. And on today's episode, before we get started, I wanted to say a quick thank you to everybody that has already subscribed to us, that has given us those five-star ratings. We really, really, really appreciate it. Um, and as always, if you need to email us or get in contact with us or send us anything that you'd like to see us talk about or maybe something you've personally experienced, you can email us at bayouchroniclepodcast at gmail.com. And you can even follow us on Instagram at bayou underscore chronicles. And yeah, we just want to say thank you. We've already had a lot of positive feedback. Even though, I'm going to be honest, a majority of it is from our family. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But it's support, and it's giving us some reviews and subs, and we're just really, really thankful, because it, we literally FaceTimed each other yesterday when the first episode went live, and it was just like, it was insane, and I burnt my dinner, but it was worth it. I also screen recorded your reaction, too. I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> um, but thanks so much. And then, yeah, let's get into episode three. So today's episode, like we said, each week we do something different. Week three of the month is paranormal. And we couldn't really think of something. We kept thinking of major things and some personal things that maybe we want to save for later. Um, so I literally FaceTimed my mom, and I said, Mom, the first thing that comes to mind me and Crystal are going to talk about, and of course she jotted off a few things that are from our hometown, and to find research, I would literally have to wait till I go home next and interview some people, so we decided today's episode, we are going to talk about Robert the Doll, um, I guess we have like a Florida trend going, because this comes all the way from Key West, Florida, and yeah, I'm excited for this, and I'm going to hand it off to Crystal. Yes, yeah, so before I get started, let me just say I had absolutely no idea about any of this at all. Like, everything was completely new to me. Um, and I also don't like dolls at all, so when Bethany started talking about it, it really creeped me out. So much so that I was creeped out as I was leaving her house, and in the car, I actually had to call someone because... I called Nikki because I was like, I need someone to talk to because I'm a little creeped out. I, I think my mom did this on purpose, though, because there's a story she likes to tell from my childhood. My very first sleepover I went to, I was like six years old, and it was like my childhood friend. We're still 26 years later. We've been best friends. I went to her, my first sleepover at her house. She had a Raggedy Ann cool. and a Raggedy Andy doll. And I embarrassed myself, and I told them that the dolls were talking to me and watching me sleep. And my mom literally had to come pick me up at midnight. So now she likes to make fun of me about dolls, and I know this is why she picked, she picked this topic. Okay, so before we get before I get started into it, I just wanted to name off some of the sources that I used for a lot of my research. Um, most of it actually came from a book called Robert the Doll by David Sloan. He's like a paranormal writer who... Um, literally the amount of detail, um, in his books is ridiculous. Um, I also went to the official website for the Robert the Doll exhibit and then watched a really cool video, um, on YouTube, um, from Edge of Nightfall. Bethany watched that one too. Yes. That was pretty cool. It was that, intense. It was that like, was the best one that I found. I even looked up a few things on Amazon Prime, which once again, Amazon, if you're listening, sponsor uh-huh. us. But it was really good. So, um, I'm going to kind of tell two stories. Um, one's going to be, like, all the legends around him. Mm-hmm. And then the other part's going to be, like, the factual side of it. And to me, they're both kind of creepy. Um, and Did you watch the crazy guy on YouTube that did the fake or real I didn't one. watch that one. You need to go back and watch that one. And, like, I wonder if something's happened to him since he's posted that on YouTube. Okay, so if you aren't familiar with who we're talking about, um, Robert the Doll is a haunted doll that some say inspired um, the doll in the movie Child's Play. So he's like the original Chucky. In 2009, I'm going to butcher all of these names. That's fine. So do not come for me. Um, Dr. Corey Convertito, Michael Gieta, and the author David Sloan. Um, They all... uh, Conducted, I guess, like, a doll autopsy of Robert the doll. 
Okay. Um, I guess that's the best way I could describe it. So, like, they did, like, an x-ray. They, like, went inside to see what he was, like, stuffed with. Um, and they determined he's 40 inches tall. Mm -hmm. Um, his eyes are black wooden buttons. Mm -hmm. He weighs about six pounds. The inside of his body is, um, a type of, like, woven wood straw. Um, and then there's wires throughout his body to give, like, support. So there's, like, supports in his hands mm -hmm. and, like, his hip area just to kind of give him, I guess, to help him stand up and his arms to, like, move, I guess. Um, and there's evidence, obviously, that repairs have been done through over the years, including one of his ears has been replaced. Um, Which, looking at him, for how old he is, he, he looks, pretty, looks good. pretty good. Which he does get cleaned regularly, which I'm sure you'll yeah. talk about that. Later in the episode. Yeah. Um, and, but there also was um, evidence that he had, like, some light pink pigment on his face at one point um, to kind of give him character. Um, and currently, he is wearing a child's sailor outfit. Um, originally, um, I kind of talk about it a little bit more later on, but originally, he is supposed to have been, I'm going to butcher this word too, but a harlequin doll. So, basically, like a jester or a clown doll you said it, you said it right and um his clothing has since been changed so mm -hmm. his sailor outfit now actually belongs to his owner um robert eugene otto um he was a little boy who was gifted robert mm -hmm. so he robert is named technically after robert eugene otto mm -hmm. um he gave him his first name and Robert Eugene Otto chose to go by the name Jean. So, from here on out, he'll be referred to as Jean, and Robert is the doll. Um, there are several legends about who gifted Robert to Jean. Like, you cannot really tie it down. Um, for the first part of this, I'm really going to talk mostly about the legends, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um Kind of the most, one of the more popular ones is that he was gifted um, in his revenge from a uh, servant who endured really poor treatment of him or by his family. And they cursed the doll with voodoo and gifted it to Robert. Um, they've also said that the, um, there's also a, uh, I can't think, you're going to have to edit this whole part out because I can't think of what I'm trying to say. Go ahead. It gives the episode more character. What are you trying to? Oh. I was going to say, this. there was also the theory that the um, his mom caught some of their servants conducting or doing some type of voodoo and black magic, mm -hmm. fired them, and um, they gifted him the doll, cursed with voodoo and revenge. Um, regardless of how he actually received Robert... The two of them became irrespective. Like, I can't say speak In, today. Inseparable. Inseparable. We're going to get through this episode, Jeez. guys. We're not editing this out because a few, a few people from the first episode <gasps> said they liked our, our mess ups. So, and I just can't speak today. So, it's okay. This will be in Enjoy. Um, they were inseparable. Inseparable. Jeez. Okay, anyway, Jean would went as far as giving Robert a place at their table and insisted he eat dinner with them, like, every night. Mm -hmm. um, during his childhood with Robert, his family would report hearing two voices talking in the room with Jean. Um, I think this is really the first thing that his parents noticed. Yeah. The first event. Because they would hear, um, like, two distinct voices, and one was obviously more deep than could possibly be a kid's voice. Um, but they kind of just wrote it off as, well, he might just be playing a game and he's throwing his voice and he's making his voice sound deeper. Um, which I wouldn't do as a parent, but I, he's, I don't know all the research that I've found on this. Cause it is the first event that they really like took note of. It didn't really sound, they didn't describe it as being demonic, just more of like, like an older uh, man's, man's voice. Yeah. And this was like a five, six-year-old little boy. There, there's, I mean, I can't picture my five-year-old making that type of voice. 
So, and I've also seen enough scary movies and true crime and paranormal that I'd be like, yeah, no, um, dog's gotta go. <laughs> gotta kick the dog already. Um, but soon after that, Gene would find himself getting in a lot of trouble for things around the house. Um, and every time that he would get in trouble, he was adamant that he didn't do it, it wasn't his fault, and that Robert was the one who did it. Mm-hmm. Again, if my kid was doing this and was saying the doll was doing this. Gene, uh, we would have listened to you, bud. Yeah. 100%. So, a little bit more about Gene. Um, he was the doctor, or was the son of a doctor, and they lived in Key West, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom um, moved there when she was younger. His dad had lived there for a while. They weren't rich, like, like supremely wealthy, um, but they made their living off owning two different drugstores in town. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how that's what they did. Um, eventually, um, he would make his way through life as a painter. Um, and that's really what he's known for is his painting. He found himself in Paris, which is where he met his wife, Anne. And this is where it gets weird, in my opinion, because as a wife, if my husband did this, I don't know. I don't know that we'd it was, be married. It was wild researching this. Oh, they're so strange. But anyway, so Jean's sister dies or is close to death. So they come back to Key West. He cares for her sick sister and then she passes away. Well, this is when Anne discovers that Jean has made the addict of this house into Robert's special place. And he has gone as far as to install child-sized furniture throughout the attic just for Robert to have. So Robert has a bed to sleep in, a couch to sit on, a desk, all this kind of stuff. And I am sorry. Even in their bedroom, even in their own personal bedroom, he had uh, little stools and seats for Robert. I'm just saying, if Tyler, I went back to Tyler's house and... He had a doll in his attic that had its own little special place and little toys. No. Just absolutely not. Babe, if you're listening to this, we probably wouldn't have got married if I ever found that out. Just laying that down. Um, legend also has it that as Gene got older, he actually started getting more abusive towards Anne. People would confront him about this behavior and say, you know, why are you doing this? You know, why have you changed? what's happening and he would always just rebuff it and say that it wasn't him doing it that it was robert's doing how a doll has anything to do with that i don't know only thing that you can probably put that together with is maybe possession like maybe slowly over time because that's what happens in child's play that's exactly what chucky's trying to do is he is and his soul is in the doll and he's trying to find a host, as you kind of can describe it. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe, or he was just slowly slipping into a psychotic episode. Well, anyway, after Jean passed away, Anne left the doll behind and she moved to Boston. At first, she rented out the house in Key West and added a clause that stated that no one except Robert the doll was allowed to live in the attic. Um, Two men would actually um, start renting the house from Anne, and after some time living there, they started to hear moving and other noises coming from the attic. Um, They claimed that it sounded like children running around and laughing. Whenever they would gather up the courage to check it out, um, that's when they would find Robert in a new spot in the attic. Um, they said that it took them a while, in the sources that I read, it said it took them a while to figure out that he was moving because, like, they like they thought that each other was playing a trick on them. So, like, mm. one person would go up and check it out and the doll would be in a new place, but they thought it was the other person who had just moved it to freak them out. And it wasn't until they started having that conversation that they realized that they he would be on the couch one day and another day he would be sitting on the chair with his arm popped up over the side. Uh, needless to say, I would have noped out of that house so fast. Like, 
if it was just like a ghost, like a regular run-of-the-mill ghost, we probably would have been okay. And I would have been like, okay, we're going to cohabitate here. At, at least though he was being subtle, like subtle random movements. What if they went up there and he just full-on started like, uh, first thing that comes to mind, have you watched Get Out, the movie? No. Were the guys, like, full-on sprinting? Have you seen the meme of it? I've seen the meme, yeah. Like, I wonder why Robert just didn't full-on run at them. I mean, it sounds like a jokester. It sounds like he likes to do little subtle random things. I, 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 no. Just just the fact that if I saw a doll move, no. I'd have burnt the whole house down. Eventually, they invited um, their friend Malcolm Ross um, to visit the attic, and... Malcolm was one of the men who first told the story of Robert to these guys. Um, and that's when, as like as he was telling the story and he was talking about Robert's life, that's when Malcolm first started noticing that Robert's face seems to change expressions. Um, and he said that it wasn't until that it wasn't until one of the men made a comment that Otto was crazy for having kept this doll, that he said he looked at Robert and he noticed that his face had, like, this look of disdain and just, like, anger of, like, why you're kind of talking about the person that that, I... That's kind of not something you can debunk. Like, a dog doesn't change its facial expression. This is an older, hand-sewn doll. That It's not, like, one of the new dogs that can actually... That's animatronic. Yes. So that's kind of... For the people that's trying to debunk it, that's kind of hard to debunk right there. Oh, yes, 100%. So, one of the next big recorded occurrences that happened with Robert was after these men left the house, someone else bought the home, and it was a young family, and they had a little girl. Mm -hmm. Well, the little girl obviously found the doll, and what little girl wouldn't befriend this doll? Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't, because if I had a doll that looked like that, it wouldn't be my doll. Yeah, and but it's not. It's also not just Robert. He has the little lion plush yes. with him, and not. I mean, we're older, and our generation has seen a lot of horror and stuff. So this is back back yeah. then. So she was just thinking, "Oh, it's a new friend," and then us. <laughs> no, no. Uh. Uh-uh. Well, it's gonna change. So, the little girl became friends with Robert, and she carried him around everywhere, until one night, the young girl awoke to find Robert sitting on her face, trying to kill her, and she freaks out, manages to get him off, which, I, I don't know how any of this happens. I don't know how a doll sits on your face. I don't even want to know what's happening when the girl's eyes are closed and the doll managed to get wherever he came from to sit on her face to kind of kill her. I don't know. But the family locked Robert up, put him in a trunk, and put him back in his attic. Naturally. Because. Naturally. I don't know, but if I, my daughter said that, I don't even have a daughter, but I feel like if my daughter said that, we would have burnt the thing. I, that's what just crossed my mind. I mean, and no disrespect to Robert, um... But why has nobody gone that route? Unless they have and it didn't work, and then they just didn't like say anything. Yeah, say anything. It spooked them so bad. Out so much, maybe. Um, because that's the theory why they don't have any cameras at the museum watching him. Is they're not allowed to? But we'll get to that part. We'll get to that part. Anyway, so after they put him in the attic, right after this, the girl's father dies of carbon dioxide poisoning in his own car parked outside of their own house. I still don't understand how that happens either, but it does nonetheless. Years after this experience, the young girl still claims to this day that Robert tried to kill her. And I 100% am on I, I mean, that thing. Like, I mean, who just randomly says a doll tries to kill you? I... I You don't, because you know what people are going to come at you with. They're going to say that you're having a psychotic break, or you were dreaming, or you just imagined it. 
So a lot of people are afraid to say stuff like that. But I mean, she was obviously so freaked out and 100% certain that this happened. If she continued to declare that from the time she was a little girl until she was a grown adult, I just have to assume that it happened. I mean, I mean, honestly. Like, why would a little girl... Or why would a grown woman try to continue the lie that she made when she was a little girl? Like, for what profit? Because she did live a life. She did yeah. She did go on a life. So it's not like she was crazy and then was locked away in a psychiatric ward. It's just a, a type of event. And I can relate because I, I grew up with the female version of Stephen King as my mother. So, like, I can relate to her. <laughs> so... Now I'm going to tell you uh, some facts about his life and not necessarily the legends that are passed down. Um, Again, the book I read by David Sloan, I 100% would recommend if you want to learn more about him, read this book. This book does not only just go into detail about Robert, um, Jean, his wife, their family... Um, all the different um, legends that kind of come about and where they actually probably originated from. And it has some great sources like shipping manifests, census, pictures, like some of the greatest pictures I've seen that that I could find in general of this. Um, According to David and obviously the official website, Robert himself is a a one-of-a-kind and completely handmade doll that was made around um, 1900, 1904 um, by a German doll maker um, named the Steiff. I butchered that. I'm not good with German. The Steiff Company. Um, if you're like me, your first question should be if the story of servants gifting this doll to Jean is truthful. How did servants in 1904 get a one-of-a-kind German doll and were able to give it to Jean? Like, how does that happen? Um, uh, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, after researching it, the story that I always thought that I knew didn't match up. But, like, obviously I'm from Florida. I, I've been down to that area. And if you know that area, magic like that is... Uh, a lot of people practice yeah. it down there. But the original story that I know that, like, actually my mom told me when I was little because, you know, great parenting mom, thanks for telling young me this creepy story. <laughs> Shout out to you. Um, is that actually an aunt went and got the doll, mm-hmm. came back and gave it to Robert, and sometime when he was visiting the plantations, um, one of the servants got a hold of it, and after they were uh, let go because they were fired from the plantation, that's when they did the magic on it, and then they kind of like gave it back to Robert as like, oh, we found your doll, here it is. Um, which is very creepy. Which I was thinking about this last night, which I am, I am Cajun, and I very much grew up around that kind of ideal, like, my family 100% believes in all of that. Yeah. Um, like, red brick dust around our house was very much a thing growing up. Yes, we're weird. <laughs> um, but what when I was research, researching this, this made me think of uh, one of my favorite movies, which is Skeleton Key. Oh, I love that movie. Um, and it kind of has that same, like, thing. Like, I mean, that's putting their spirit and their soul into another human being. But why wouldn't somebody else be able to practice magic and put it in a doll? Oh, yeah, 100%. Who's saying this is, maybe this is somebody that one of the servants knew. Yeah. Or they put a part of their souls into the doll. I mean. I'll get there. Yeah, I'll I figured, there. I figured we I'll were going to, I figured we were going to get there. But when I was doing research <laughs> last night, it made me, I want to watch Skeleton Key tonight, like after we film this, actually. I know. That's such a good movie. Yeah, I remember seeing that in theaters. Which, and I was... I saw that in theaters when it first came out with my uncle, who is hopefully listening because he was super excited when I told him our first episode was up. Um, We saw it, and I will never forget, it was one of the first, like, scary movies I ever saw on, like, the opening night. And I remember Mm -hmm. being so angry and never going, like, never liking to 
see scary movies in theaters again because I hate when people scream in movie theaters. Like, you know, when you have, like, the, like, the old teenage girls and they just, like, get really scared. It's the They're like, fake, ah! it, but it's the fake scream. I hate that. Like, when I scream, I sound like a, a 300-pound linebacker because the <laughs> real fear is coming out of me. <laughs> okay, and, so when Tyler screams, my husband, it sounds like a five-year-old little girl. Which is perfect. I feel like that's what bullet men's it is screams are. So funny. It's like we alternate. Yeah. That's good. That's exactly what came to mind. So I'm going to kind of present everyone um, with what I personally think could be the origin story from all of this and why Robert is the way he is. Um, not because it's like there's an overwhelming amount of evidence. I just kind of really like this idea of the story. Um, I love juiciness and I love drama. So that's probably why I like this story better. Um, but I'm going to introduce you to a new character in this story or a couple of them actually. Um, there was a William Abbott and his wife Emmeline. Do you know about any of this? I didn't know. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited. So, William Abbott and Emmeline um, immigrated to the Key West from the Bahamas. Ooh, I just got, I got chills. <laughs> okay. So, soon after, um, William began working for Jean's grandfather um, named Dr. Joseph Otto. Uh, he kind of became his caretaker in life. Um even, I'm sorry, I keep saying um so much. Y'all can totally hate on me about that, but I know I'll get better. Take a shot every time you hear her say um. (laughs) (laughs) He became his caretaker up until the point of his death. And by all accounts, they ended up having a really great just friendship. It was more of like kind of a companionship, but it was just like a you're technically hired to take care of me and to do things for me, but I've talked to you so much that you just became a friend. Even after Joseph's death, William remained really, really close with the family. Jean's father, Thomas, ended up hiring William to work the front counter at the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. He did things around the house for them, just... Basically was almost like, from what I could tell, was considered more of a friend of the family rather than a servant that they had originally hired him to be. Well, some people, including David Sloan, uh, think that his wife, Emmeline, got too close to the family. And by too close, I mean that there's evidence that points to a theory that Emmeline could have had an affair with Jean's father, Thomas. Ooh, gas all around. I know, drama. This evidence includes the fact that Jean's mother, Minnie, wrote about women coming after her husband and that there is someone that wants her husband, but she knows she's not ever going to get her husband. Like This was in her diary. Oh. Uh, Emmeline gave birth to a child, and then a few oh. years later, lost this child. And when Thomas died, Jean's father, she actually sued the estate, seeking, like, funds, basically. So why else would you sue the estate of someone who you're not related to? Obviously, she thinks the baby belongs yeah. to Jean's father, but how is she to know she also has a husband? I know. I don't know. Well, I'll get that. So, Emmeline and William were both black bohemians. And this is important because uh, uh, this would let a lot more of the story about Rob, not necessarily just Robert, but the entire house that Robert lives in makes sense because it is suspected or depending on if you've seen something there, known that the house that Robert lived in is haunted as well. Yeah, because there are a lot of reports of hearing children. And Mm -hmm. why would you hear children? It's just Robert. Yes. Well, people have reported seeing the ghost of a light-skinned black child running around the house. Um, A psychic um, medium of sorts lady that worked 
at the house also reported that the ghost that resides there is a young, light-skinned black girl in a white dressing gown who loves to sit at the top of the stairs and watch people. So, this would make sense if Emmeline did, in fact, lose a daughter. That would account for the childlike laughter. Yes, and the childlike laughter. So, David Sloan brings up a couple points when he talks about this. He asks if this might mean that Robert is actually the spirit of this child, and if and the fact that Jean was so attached to it was because it was actually his sibling, and he knew this, or he found this out after she died, and that's why, you know, he was so attached to it. I have a heart attack anymore. only thing I could, I mean, so if it was a daughter and she passed away at a young age, then why would Robert be projecting a male's voice and be, and want to be, and why would Jean want to name him? Robert, Robert, because if the if the doll is talking back to him, wouldn't it be like a little girl? Maybe, I don't know. But he just theorizes that Emlyn could, in like in a spout of grief, use the voodoo to attach and trap her child's soul to the doll. What about the husband, though? I don't know. I couldn't find anything else out about him, honestly. I mean, he's got to be pissed. His wife, he's worked with this family and, you know, really cares about them. And here's his wife sleeping with, with somebody and then has a whole child. This is true. I don't know. I mean, it's a, there's a lot of plot holes. Yeah. I uh, will agree. A lot of theories. But I like the juicy juice. Yeah, I mean, that does add up. Something, you know, has to come out of that. Yeah. That's a lot of drama. Uh, yeah, I mean, that drama just doesn't just go away. Like, there's something there. Well, if this version of the story is true, the question still remains, how did Jean get the doll in the first place? Um, again, David Sloan believes that he has tracked this down, um, and I actually really like his theory. And his theory is actually pretty close to Bethany's, what you were told. Um, he suggests from evidence of letters sent back and forth from Jean's mom to their family in Germany. It, this is exactly the, the story yeah. that I've always known. That it was actually Jean's mother's Minnie who went to Germany on a trip to Hamburg, got the doll, and brought it back. Mm-hmm. That it was her who originally got it. And this makes sense because there's also a theory out there that his grandfather gave him the doll. Yes, there is. I've but heard that. That as doesn't well. make sense because his grandfather died before he was born. born yes. So that's how why, does that how does that happen? That's why I've always uh, the Germany story always So yeah, I think considering it's a one of a kind doll from Germany, it only makes sense that someone in his family, got it from Germany and brought it back. And like I said, that doesn't necessarily mean that the spirit was in the doll when they got it in Germany. No, it doesn't. Uh, But when you start to list all the different theories about how Jean got the doll, you can see how over time uh, the story could have evolved. For one, there's a theory that the doll was given to him by a uh, bohemian woman. Okay, well, this could be Emmeline, because she was from the Bahamas. But guess who else was also born in the Bahamas? Jean's mom. Hmm. She was born, her family is from the Bahamas. She was, a, she was a white bohemian. She was born there, and she came in, I think, like, 1872. Um, God, that just made me think of Mean Girls. <laughs> If you're from Africa, why are you white? Because yeah. I know somebody's going to be like, how is his mom from there and she's so pasty? Casper white. There's there's different colors of people from different regions, everybody. <laughs> Look up your geography. That's funny, though, to think about. Someone's going to say that and put it. Somebody is going. It's going to email that. Even though we're talking about it, they're still going to say it. Your research is wrong. There's no, his mom wasn't. He, she's white. Yeah, you can still. You can. Anyways, carry on. 
<laughs> I mean, okay, well, this is going to be a side tangent. It's like when people are from Egypt and Morocco and, like, Northern African, or from Northern Africa, and they're technically African. Well, and I've told you this story before when we, when we went on our cruise, and I've actually, like, I felt so embarrassed for the person saying this. And uh, on our cruise, we went to, like, a trivia night. And it was just like a Disney trivia. And uh, the guy that was directing it that works on the cruise ship, obviously, he's white. But he had a South African accent. And I kid you not, a man in the crowd goes, but you're white. And then he literally had to go and, like, he felt obligated to give his life story about him living in South Africa. And he's lived there all his life. And obviously, if you're from an area, born in an area, you're going to have that accent. Like, this man on the on the cruise ship literally thought this guy was faking this accent and was trying. And he couldn't understand how he could be so pale and be from Africa. Did you die of secondhand embarrassment? I died. Because there's people, that are obviously, of darker skin color from Africa that have blonde hair and blue eyes. Yes. Like, Anyways, that'll be a podcast for a different day. We'll but get... yeah, it is a trigger point because it is very annoying yes. that people don't understand things. Let's fast forward. So, Anne, has, Anne is gone. Otto, um, Jean is gone. Um, the house changes hands a couple times. And finally, it is uh, purchased in 1974 by Myrtle Reuter. Would you say that's Reuter? I would say that. Okay. And her husband, William. They actually knew the Otto family. So, they didn't really know a lot about Robert. They just knew the kind of stories that everyone in Key West kind of knew. That Robert and Jean were really close. And that there was creepy stuff that happened sometimes. But that's kind of where they left it. Well... She became, she kind of became Robert's caretaker, going as far as on Christmas Eve, this woman would dress him up and put him in front of the Christmas tree. Again, I'm sorry. As a grown woman, I would not dress up a doll and set it by the Christmas tree, but I think, I know, I digress. They're just, care, they're just carefree people that don't live in fear like we do. I've seen too many creepy things. Well, at first, Myrtle was one of the first people to be like, Robert's just a normal doll. These people who think Robert gave them yellow fever, or Robert killed this person, or Robert moved. She literally called these people nuts. and Which is probably why she put him out on display. Probably. Because she probably just thought he was a normal doll and was like, these people are crazy for thinking this. There's no such thing as a haunted doll. Well... They actually ended up moving out of the house where, like, Robert's original house to a new home. And this is when Robert basically started going crazy, in my opinion. So, it wasn't until probably, I think she said, I think what I read was a couple of months after they lived there. She started noticing that Robert was moving. And it was, she said it was small moves at first. Like... She'd leave his arm one way, and then it would be in another position. Or he would be sitting up, and then she'd come back, and he'd be a little slump. Or then it started moving to him being on one side of the room, and when she would come back, he'd be on the other. And she really didn't think much of it until the big stuff started happening, like when he would move to a different room or the other side of a room. Well, it freaked her out so much that she decided that she was just going to lock him in a room and just leave him there because she didn't want to deal with it. Shortly after she did this, this creepy doll locked her in a room. So she's finally going to have to acknowledge. Yes. So he basically forced her to acknowledge the fact that he's a creepy doll. And he didn't like that she moved him out of his house. I kind of feel like that's all Robert wants. He just wants to he be wants acknowledged. To be, he wants to be acknowledged, and he wants that attic win. Yeah, basically. Like, I, I think that's plain and simple what it is. I would never let my child play with him. I mean, I concur. But he can have the house. He can have the whole house if he wants. He can take it. So, she decided that she is just going to get rid of him once and for all. Just pick him up, she took him, and she ended up donating him to the Fort East Martello Museum. 
They said that she brought him in, wrapped in a cloth, and just said, I need to donate this. I don't want any money in exchange for it. I don't want anything to do with it. I just need you to take it. Which jackpot, because they're making a butt-ton of money. Again, I beg to ask the question, why did you not just burn it? I mean, yeah, throw them in the lake. Something. Throw him in the dumpster. Man, if you would have t- thrown him in the lake, you probably would have crawled out the lake back into your house. What, yet again, we said this earlier, though. They might have done all these things and Robert showed back up in the house. So. Because I can't tell you. I don't know if I'd. I think I would feel like I was so crazy that I wouldn't want to tell anybody else what happened. So, if that is the case, I could understand. Well, it wasn't long before the people at the museum began to notice that Robert was moving or he was changing from an upright to a slope, like a a slumped over position. And a lot of people were just too freaked out to be in the same room as him. So they ended up just putting him in like long-term storage at the museum. Well, people that visited Key West would hear these stories from other people and they knew that he was at the museum so the museum kept getting more and more people coming in wanting to see Robert, look at him, touch him, whatever. And they eventually had so many people that they decided to make him a permanent display. Well, that's when the creepy stuff happened. So... What you're supposed to do when you visit Robert, and you can correct me, Bethany, if I don't get all of this, Mm -hmm. is that, one, you're not supposed to look him in the eye, Mm -hmm. and if, you really shouldn't take pictures at all, so if you take a picture, you're crazy in the first place, but if you do take a picture, you're supposed to tell him your name, and you're supposed to ask for permission to take his picture, And after you take his picture, you're supposed to thank him for taking the picture. Um, Well, a lot of people, I guess, are playing with their own fates and don't do that. And there are stories um, of people who have gotten sick afterwards. Um, There's one story in the book um, by David Sloan that was a printed letter of someone who, on the way home, they missed their flight. Their luggage got misplaced. Another person got into a car wreck. And their car got totaled. And then a few weeks later, they had an accident and broke three of their ribs. And then they got addicted to pain medication and had to withdraw. Um, There was stories of people who went to visit Robert after their wedding. And... All of their wedding pictures, after they left and got home, all of their wedding pictures have been deleted, including all the pictures they took of Robert. So, one way that people try to seek forgiveness is writing a letter to Robert, Mm -hmm. saying, please forgive me, can you please take this curse off of me, I, you know, I respect that you did that, just please stop it now. And they get... Hundreds of letters. A day. Yes. A day. Like, too many to count. And it's not even from people who've actually gone to see Robert. It's people who have talked about Robert, who have made videos about Robert. Like, it gets intense. To the point that the author of the book that I read said that in the process of writing his book, he lost four hard drives. As he was writing his book. And every single time that they had to replace his hard drive. They could recover every single thing on the hard drive. Except for the manuscript that he was writing. Four times. This morning. As I was was pulling up my computer to make sure I had all of my research done. I go to click on the file. And it says. I don't have access to the file. And then it told me the file had been deleted. And then it told me that um, it hadn't been deleted, but I didn't have permission to view the file. So it took me two and a half hours of restarting my computer, 
deleting stuff, re-downloading stuff. I could not at one point, like when you typed in the file itself, it was not anywhere on my computer. Nowhere. Like it just did not exist. So I turned everything off. I updated a whole bunch of stuff. And then I did a hard reset on my computer. And then when I opened it up, I still couldn't find it, but I had to like search for it. And once I searched for it, I finally found it and opened it up and everything was, all the research was there. And I looked at Tyler and I said, I think Robert got me already. I was like, cause this, I was like, I ain't playing with this. I got, when Crystal messaged me earlier, I was like, do we need to reschedule? I mean, we're already a few episodes in if you want to take a week off. And she's like, no, I actually got it to open. And I was like, I told you because then there's people like me. I have always grown up like this. I always take, I was always taught to take stuff serious. And even after watching the YouTube videos and going on Prime and looking up documentaries, um, I made sure to tell Robert thank you. So, so I do kind of want to end this by telling or reading one letter that someone sent and telling a really creepy story. In the actual house that Robert lives in, it's like a bed and breakfast now mm-hmm. and you can stay in it. it's like a little haunted bed and breakfast which is a dream of mine i know like i want to own a haunted mm. like air not only to say airbnb i mean that's a good investment too I yeah mean, anything spooky people are going to want to stay at my mom to this day has tried to talk me into going to colorado and staying at the stanley hotel because the shining yeah. is is my favorite stephen king movie have you ever been out to jefferson texas no. I really want to go and stay at the haunted hotels, but I've just never been. We should go. I'll totally... I don't know which room it is, but you can rent, like, the one that's, like, the most haunted. And people... Like, it's known for people leaving in the middle of the night. Oh, I probably will. I mean, I believe it. I'm, I'm I probably okay with, would be the one to leave in the middle of the night, too. I'm okay with wasting my money. <laughs> probably. I don't have to stay the whole 24 hours. <laughs> okay, so... This is a little bit more recent of a story. This happened in 2011. Um, The house had this decorative glass bowl, and one of the workers bought these cute little plastic lemons to put in the bowl. Sounds like you. I know, because that's exactly what I said. I think that's why I like this story. (laughs) And the lemons started disappearing. And they would end up in random people's rooms, and the guests would just come downstairs and just throw them back in there, saying that they found the lemon in their room. And everybody there thought it was weird, but everybody just chalked it up to being, like, a little game the ghost plays or something weird that Robert does. It was just a thing. Well, one day, they received a random lemon in the mail, and this is the letter. Dear Museum Curator... It has taken some time to write this letter, but I feel I must share our experience that we encountered with Robert the Doll. We visited beautiful Key West every summer in June, and we always stay at the Artist House B&B. That's Robert's home. Mm -hmm. Where Eugene grew up with Robert. We visited Robert at the museum many times and have read all the letters posted on the wall from tourists stating the bad luck encountered when not asking Robert permission to take his picture. We have always asked his permission, have taken pictures, and have never had a problem. We dismiss this as just a tale until our last visit. While staying in the turret suite at the artist's house, we experienced something different. Out of curiosity, we wondered what the attic looked like above us, where Robert was discovered before he came to the museum. My husband and I slowly climbed the attic steps and opened the hatch door. We poked our heads through, peering into the dark, taking pictures, hoping to photograph an orb or something, anything. All we saw was old furniture stored away. The next day, we checked out our room and did some last-minute shopping. We got into our car and headed home. We made the five-hour trip with no problems. The next day, I woke up with an unusual pain. I lifted my shirt and my side torso had a serious rash. I went to the doctor and was diagnosed with shingles. The following day, my husband began feeling ill, doubled over in cramps and pain, and he was diagnosed with kidney stones. Oh my god, that's two of the most painful things. Now, you may be wondering, what does this have to do with Robert? All this seems to fit together in the event that followed. 
While finally unpacking our bags, I got to the bottom of my suitcase. Wrapped in one of my shirts was a plastic artificial lemon. You see, in the hallway of the artist's house was a beautiful bowl of artificial lemons set out as a, as a display. I remember seeing them and commenting on the display. Somehow, one single lemon made its way into my suitcase. I did not put it there. My husband did not put it there. Maybe Robert did? I thought how strange, and I placed the lemon on our counter at our home. A few weeks went by, and my husband and I were still very ill. Then it dawned on me. Was this Robert's way of getting back at us for goofing around in his home and not asking to enter his attic? I immediately placed the lemon in a box and mailed it back to the artist's house with no explanation. I did not want them to think that we had taken it. Once the lemon was out of our home, I began feeling better. The pain from the shingle subsided and my husband was finally able to pass his kidney stone. You may read this letter and think, what a crazy story. It is crazy, but it is true. I write this letter in hopes that you will post it on your wall near Robert and it will serve as a reminder that Robert has this thing about him. He is intriguing, devilish, mischievous, and still playing tricks to this day. I 100% believe this letter. You, you just, I mean, I've already said it a lot in this episode. You just, you can't, you can't mess around with stuff like that. Like, what? honestly, whether you believe it or not, I, There's going to be some queen, point where you are respectful. Yes, I'm queen of the thought process that even if you don't think it's true, assume that it is because you never know. And you can try to debunk it. I mean, I you mean, should. You the, should try to debunk it. The slumping it. of Robert. I mean, dolls move. I mean, that's not yes. okay. But if you if you live, say you live alone, like a few of the people that own Robert did, and you put him that one area of the room. And say so you go to the kitchen or the bathroom and you come up and he's on the other side. Did some random person break into your house just to move your doll? Absolutely not. The doll obviously moved. But I mean slumping forward, maybe his arm falling down. That's just a that's gravity. Okay? Yeah. That's physics. Stuff happened. But the doll is not gonna pick itself up and carry itself to the other side of the room. That's, oh, not at all. There's that's there are certain things you can debunk. You can try to debunk if you want to, um, but which um, I think, you know, I think you should try to debunk because if you try to debunk, you're only going to have one of two things happen: either you're going to prove that it is actually happening, or you're going to prove that it's not happening. And there's no there's reason. no bad outcome to that, and like, there's no reason for that woman to ha- somehow. She's not walking by the bowl with her suitcase open, carrying it down the hall in the bowl. Yeah, or she's not going to be like, oh, there's lemon, let me swipe that. Like, meh. First off, if she did steal it, stuff's already happened to her, so she's not going to lie in the letter and say she didn't steal it. She would have said, I'm sorry, Robert, I took this from your house. My apologies. And why would she steal a random lemon? Lemon, I mean, A fake plastic lemon. Is she that big of a club dough that... This fake plastic lemon just called out to her. I don't. I don't think so. There's just if if me and Crystal are sitting here today and we 100 percent are those weirdos that believe in aliens, who are we to say that there's not spirits and ghosts and demons? Oh, and... I mean, like all I know is if someone told me or asked me if I believed in like spirits, poltergeists demons, whatever, angels walking on earth. Oh, 100%. I, that's funny you say that. I don't even remember it, but I was like four years old. My mom was taking a nap, and um, it gives me chills thinking about it. When she woke up from that, we were actually eating dinner that night at my grandparents' house, because uh, once a week we would all have dinner together, and I just randomly blurred out, did you know that I saw an angel sleeping above mommy in the living room taking a nap? And my mom got, like, full body chills. Oh, my And gosh. I described it to a T. Uh-huh. And I'm young, so I'm calling it a fairy. Yeah. I'm saying it's a fairy because, you know, we were young back then and all those shows back then were fairy. Yeah. You know, you had the spin Barbie. Yep. That flew up. You hit it and it goes, hey. And after a little while of me describing to my mom, my mom came to the realization that I maybe saw her guardian angel. Oh, yeah. Um, Of course, I don't remember it. Like oh, I, yeah. I'm sure I did back then. I obviously described it. I can't. Um, so, yeah, you can see things, and stuff definitely happened out there. That remind me of the story that um, 
one of my coworkers, she was telling me about how we were talking about the whole like spirits and seeing things and she said that her mom 100% sees spirits and has always seen spirits and that when uh I don't remember the exact details of it but I remember her saying that her mom saw this angel standing outside of their house like guarding their house for weeks on end and she didn't say it to she didn't say anything to anybody she just she just saw it and she knew that you know it was there for her protection and you know one of somebody said something and like the way that the entire family figured out that the mom was seeing stuff like this was because the mom just kind of casually said no oh, no that's the angel that's been standing outside the house you know for weeks now and I don't think that people can just see stuff. And I don't think that there are millions of people who are seeing these things just making up stories about it. There's mm-hmm. there's no. too much. And next month, I'll give a little spoiler. Next month, because like I said, each week of the month we do a different topic. And our third week is paranormal. Next month, we're actually going to... Um, I haven't told you yet. My mom's coming to town. <gasps> And I said, Yay! 100%. I was like, I know Crystal is going to want you to come on. Oh, definitely. And so watch out for that. Next month, um, we'll be doing an episode uh, with my mom. And we'll have to record something for the Paranormal Week. Um, I've already told Crystal a lot of s- stories that have made the hair on her arm stick up and full body chills. And, I mean, she's hearing this as a grown adult. <laughs> I experienced this as a small child. I literally, I, like I said, grew up with the female version of Stephen King. That's how my grandfather <laughs> describes her. Um, like we, we still need your grandfather on here, too. We do. And my grandpa, um, he's been trying to talk my mom in because she is an artist. Um, she does do cartoon illustrations. Um, we've been trying to get her to sit down. And we even said we would help fund this. And she needs to just put all of her experiences into a book. Oh, that'd be incredible. Maybe a memoir, a bog, I don't care, something. Because my mom's a weirdo, and I can say that I'm her daughter. And I'm a weirdo, too, because for a long time when I was little, I got super scared. I And I said, that's not real, Mom. And then, like, like these people with Robert the doll, more than I kept saying that this stuff wasn't real, and my mom was actual lunatic, and I'd probably have to lock her in a loony bin when I was older. <laughs> stuff started happening to me, and I, it still happens to me, and now my six-year-old sees stuff, so thanks, Mom. And you have a ghost in your house. I do have a ghost in my house. We were gonna, We were going to talk about that on today's episode. But I don't, I didn't know if I was ready to start sharing personal experiences. So that's one that we'll have to dip the toe in the water. And maybe we'll start with my mom. (laughs) Let her dip her toe first. (laughs) I have no personal experiences. So if anyone knows how to make me more accepting and open to these experiences. She's crazy because she keeps saying this to me. And I just keep telling her that one day she's going to wake up and something's going to be standing over her bed. And then I'm going to regret saying this. Exactly. like, I think it's because, I think I say it because I still have, like, this tinge of doubt, almost. Like, okay, well, I've never seen anything. I've only had, like, small kind of creepy things happen to me. I've never had anything big happen to me. So, I'm just like... Also, though, with my family, my grandparents are firm believers that, like, even those of you out there listening to this now... Um, if you're feeling the same way Crystal is, not everybody is sensitive. Yes. Not everybody is, and I'll throw the word empath out there, because that's more of what I am. My mom is more visual, and there's some people that are auditory, like you can hear things. Um, a big thing to listen out is you might be thinking you're crazy. If you hear your name, like, a lot, say you're by yourself and you hear somebody saying your name, that might be actually somebody trying to reach out to you. And that does happen... Um, to my brother. My brother's more auditory. My mom's obviously more uh, visual, and I'm more emotional. So, like, if things is rounding me, like, even if just, like, say you, if you're sitting next to me and you're feeling something, I'm going to start getting anxious because maybe you're feeling anxious, or I'm going to get sad because maybe you're sad. So, maybe that you just haven't... Maybe you haven't tapped into the... Tapped in. To what field of 
way. I don't know what you want to call that. Like, I don't know. It is what it is. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, Next week is going to be our local case. So we're actually going to pick um, or present a case from Shreveport here in town. It happened a few years ago. Uh, I had never heard of it. Um, I haven't found anybody who I know that's lived here as long as I have that has heard about this case either. But it has been on the news quite a bit. There's information about it on Web Sleuth, which... If you're not a true crime person, why aren't you on Web Sleuth? There's a little bit of about it on Reddit, but there's a lot of information up out there about this case, and I cannot wait to dive into it. Again, leave us a five-star rating. Please, 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 uh, if you enjoyed it, though. If you have any problems with the way that I pronounce things or the fact that I can't speak sometimes... Um, you can be honest with your review, but, I mean, we'd really appreciate it if you yeah. dropped us a five-star. But, yeah, don't come for me, because I'll put you on blast. And don't forget, like, we were just sitting here and talking about our personal experience. If you have a personal experience, um, whether it's paranormal, true crime, if you have a conspiracy theory that you want to see us talk about, um, like last episode we talked about the Mandela Effect, you can email us at Bayou Chronicle Podcast at gmail.com and you can also find us on instagram at bayou underscore chronicles thanks guys i hope y'all have a great day bye bye